Hello and welcome to What the Ruck Rugby, where we are talking all the rugby all the time. And I'm joined by the always present and effervescent Julie. Hi, Andrew. And and taking a break from his producer role, here is Tom. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for that. Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, it's also my first time, so so as to speak, leading the thing. So let's see how we go. Uh, let's start with the best news in such a long time for Australian rugby, the under-20s. Beat New Zealand, 24-0. Nil. Nil. Wow. Nil. Four tries. To, four tries? Sure, four. we'll go with four yeah. tries. Two, no, <laughs> no, it sounds good, but I don't think yeah. it was quite four no, tries. No, I think but it, was it was two or three. Um, but anyway, I saw the highlights and the young under-20s just came out of the blocks and just didn't even stop. Just kept... Go running at them, and I've never seen a New Zealand team so, for, um, have so many fumbles. And the the defence when they did have the ball of the and the, the young Wallabies was just outstanding. You know, there was a I think it was Isaac uh, Lucas did a fantastic tackle. You know, five metres out from their line. Mm. But no, it, they're in Argentina next month in the Under Twenty World Cup. So hopefully that bodes well for them. Yes, yeah, so I would say beware the wounded Kiwi. Oh, uh, we exactly. Maybe we overplayed our hand a little bit and maybe they were just no, foxing. But, no. Um, no, I think... Uh, but uh, let's not take it away from the Australians. It's a great day to beat... Any day that you beat New Zealand is a great day and I think that's... Um, well, the big boys can't do it. No, no. So uh, it's all, all looks very promising for the future. Yes. Mm. So that's our good story. That is a good story. And just from a West point of view, uh, shout out to Joe Cotton. He's apparently a forward that's made the squad. I'm sorry, Joe, I don't know you personally, but congratulations. Um, yeah, uh, the games, they're playing in Argentina later on in June. So if you get a chance, um, check it out. It's on Fox Sports, apparently. So how about that? Um, so on to last week's games. Uh, how was Melbourne? Well, we went to Melbourne, and I can say, um, lovely city, and uh, no one knows anything at all about rugby union. <laughs> so we were um, trying to explain ourselves to cab drivers and everyone else about the game. Um, I, I personally couldn't live there, it's too cold for me. In fact, I had to buy at the stand, uh, which I'm wearing right now, through the magic of audio, <laughs> a Rebels beanie, um, which was uh, something that uh, got a bit of a rash, I think, from wearing it, but um, I had to buy it because it was that cold, or it was for me anyway. But um, Yeah, I know in, in the game I noticed uh, quite a few uh, errant kicks. It was apparently the very wind. windy as yes, well. Yes, there yeah. was. Swirling would be the phrase. Yeah, Andy, I think there I was a couple use. of kicks that sort of almost came back on them. We yeah. were caught a little bit by surprise because we're the pyrotechnic display was right in front of us and the first time the loud uh, thunderclaps of uh, fireworks uh, when the rebels scored a try uh, took us totally by surprise and we noted from the smoke that emitted from the uh, pyrotechnics that it was it was like watching a whirlwind uh, as it <laughs> went around the stadium so a swirling breeze a fairly eight stiff degrees. breeze it was eight degrees so um we cheered, we cheered on the Reds, but it didn't quite happen. Well, I was cheering for the Rebels. Mm. Controversial. Mm, um, I know. How many Reds players need to play for the Rebels before that's okay? Because there's a few of them down there. Yes, so. there is, there is. Mm. No, it was good. And uh, the crowd, there was someone beside us and there was some uh, tackles with no arms and the gentleman behind us said that you have arms use them 
Mm. So it was... Uh, but anyway, I thought Angus did a good job. Yeah, I, th- I thought the referee had a... Yeah, yeah he had a... He, he was non-important. Yes. <laughs> um, he was yeah. not, not the crucial factor in the game. So that's always good to see. Um, uh, the, the no arms thing's a bit around the world because, you know, yeah. Owen Farrell was doing it in the... All the time. In mm. the What's It Called final. And, well, yeah, but... Um, well, just aside, um, mm. Matt Tamua arrived on Monday went straight yes. to training so it'd be interesting to see if Quaid's playing this week after the well, concussion whether yeah, yeah I don't I don't the latest I've read is that Quaid won't be back next week and that's why they've brought Matt tomorrow in but obviously yeah. we hope he recovers well mm. and gets back to playing um oh the the game itself uh we the Reds were unfortunate to go down would you describe unfortunate to go down 30 to 24 or the Rebels just a bit too good what do you think I, I think the Rebels deserve to win if I can yeah. be so blunt um, look, uh, the Reds had their chances and uh, the Rebels took theirs and I suppose that's the, the, the way the game goes. But uh, good on the Rebels. Um, they were some great players and they seem to be putting it together quite well. We've, the Reds have a very young team uh, which will take some years to um, come to, uh, to be a com- competitive for the grand final. So... But very positive for the Reds this year. I mean, winning in South Africa, we've won about half our games, which... Much, much better year this year than it was last year. Of course. Um, And, you know, winning half your games doesn't sound too great, but if anyone's had a look at the actual table, it seems by the Crusaders, all teams are winning half their games. Yes, yes. It's very close, the the, uh, Australian Conference. Brumbies, with their um, game on Sunday, they've gone to the top. Mm. So, um, yeah, who would have thought the Brumbies? Because at the beginning of the season, they were pretty rubbish, weren't they? Yeah, they lost to the Rebels. Talking of the Brumbies, just for a second, um, who's with me on this one? The, the halfback is... Joe Powell. Joe Powell. Now, I think it's Maggie Thatcher in drag. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look at the hair. Oh, Joe. Have a look at the facial features. It's, oh, it's, it's, no. It's Maggie no, Thatcher's no, no, love no. child, I'm sure of it. Oh, no. The new scandal. Any, any, anyone... <laughs> No, that's... He's very good. I'm not knocking him, I'm just saying. <laughs> he is good. I, I, quite, I, certainly... I like him, yeah. He still yeah, has think, that, that, the same we... Buffon sort of hairstyle. Enough. <laughs> I'm just getting started. Enough. Um, well, did, did you think he played well? Maybe we can segue this oh. back into a rugby <laughs> chat. Um. Well, it, the interesting thing is, Joe Powell and Tate McDermott, we've got two very young halfbacks coming through, which I think is, is mm. very important for Australian rugby with Will sort of getting well, on. Wow, but it's the, the question's in the backup, obviously. I mean, Will Gagne is clearly first and starting. Yes. I honestly would go as far as to say I think he's one of the few players that the All Blacks would take over there. Yes. Over their um, national-born team, mm. maybe Pocock, maybe Gagne. Um But yes, after that, um, well, Phipps scored a try on the weekend, um, so that'll probably mean he's in the team. Yes. Um, But yeah, it's good seeing, well, Powell's been around a bit, but Tate McDermott's quite young. Yes, yeah, he he was in the under-20s last year. Um, The interesting thing is that the Sunwolves beat the Tars, and there was something like nine or ten Wallabies. The Brumbies beat the Sunwolves, what was it, 32-0 or something? 33-0, it was quite a flashing. And there's not a... There's only about four or five wallabies in that, so mm. I thought that was an interesting. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit hard to say with the Waratahs because they've obviously been dealing with all their 
other off-field dramas. But, yeah. Well, but I one, guess player, the, one player should make a difference, sure. Yeah, and Beale, I'm not a Beale fan, <laughs> yeah. but I think he has been playing quite well at fullback. Yeah, well, so, well, I guess that leads nicely into the Lions-Waratahs game. Over mm. in sunny South Africa. Joburg, I think it was. Yeah. Yes, and the story, 29-28, I mean, I guess from a, looking at the score, you can't really ask for much more mm. in a game. Mm. Um, what did you guys think about the ref? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a very unusual last few moments, I think. And, and one of the interesting things, you can, you can look at it online, um, there's a ruck formed. And he comes in and he pushes yes, Michael it Hooper. Did, it did seem like he cleared out a player at <laughs> yeah. one point there. Um, I thought, is that, is that the right thing for a ref to do? Yeah, look, it's, it's tough. Ergon is, is not in the panel. He's not going to the World Cup. Uh, this is the referee. Um, I think he comes from down Cape Town. So where, where does Ergon come from? Someone said Cook. his name is second. Someone said he's trying to be first. Second, that's right. Um, he, he very was a former, mysterious. He was a former sevens player, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, he has been to Queensland a couple of times in the past, but uh, yes, it, the penalty count was whatever it was to two, 14 to two or 11, something. 11, two, 12, two. Well, and I, the, can, and I then can give the, you the... the week before that. No, but the, rebel, the Rebels yeah. have played the Lions and now the Tars, and the count against the Australian side is 31 to three. Mm. You can't tell me that the Lions it's, only got three. Should look, have it, got is, three it is most unusual. Um, I guess he would say that he can only play the game or manage the game that, that unfolds in front of him. Does that really involve um, clearing out players having, from the ruck, though? <laughs> having said that, he would. the first thing that referees, uh, at that level anyway, do is do a self-assessment. So he would have done a penalty count. He would have he looked at every aspect of his game. But uh, it is highly unusual. The Lions can't be that disciplined. No, t- I mean, the All Blacks don't even... They get penalised a bit more than no. a point, a, two penalties or one, don't they? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he's been, um, he's been um, stood down for this week. Um, and so, you know, the Sanzar referees um, have obviously deemed that it wasn't the best performance. <laughs> Julie's going to go check on I'm dinner. I'm going to check yes. on so, dinner on that's the right, but Tom okay. and I will continue on. Well, listen, it's, it's interesting. I, 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 those that have been to South Africa and have had anything to do with refereeing would instantly know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but my guess is a referee coach who I won't name, the very forthright South African, would have said something along the lines, are you mad? You <laughs> mice? <laughs> he wouldn't have spared uh, Ergon in any way, shape or form. So... I think um, give him some slack and um, see what he comes up with next time. But uh, uh, it's an occasion where the penalty count certainly influences the outcome of both of those games, and I think that's a shame that we're even talking about it. Um, of course, it's always a shame, and we obviously hope um, the best for him. And turns out, our refereeing, like playing, is also a skill that's acquired. So you know, hopefully, in future, he can um, change some things and whatnot and get back to it. Um, but I suppose this leads into a bigger question but surely the it, like it was very frustrating watching from Australia but mm. I guess the crowd over there being one-eyed supporters like well this is completely justified look at how much they're 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 the filthy cheating team that's coming over to beat our boys and so is that does it play in and I guess so what I'm trying to ask is that at 29-28 a close game like mm. that maybe the referee has done a good job like is the theatre more important than the 
sort of objective truth of these penalties? Uh, good question, Andrew. I don't know what <laughs> theatre we're referring to there, but... Um, um, well, well, for instance, if had he refereed a stand, standard sort of penalty count and the Waratahs won by 20 points, would that have been good for the game? Would have been good for the Waratahs, but... I, I go back to, as a referee, um, he's been selected for the game and he would go out there expecting to do the game as well as he could. And uh, he, he wouldn't be going out there with the intent of um, manufacturing a result for the home team. Um, so I think we're in that slack. And, it, and the other thing is, as I said earlier, he can only manage the game that unfolds before him. Now, you could say that he might have, should have managed things a little bit better along the way. Um, I'm sure he will have analysed his game from top to bottom. And mm. Ergon, give me a call if you want, and we can go <laughs> through it. But, um, um, penalty yeah. by penalty. Unfortunately, it creates frustration with the players. When you're under a heavy penalty count like that, uh, players that are on the receiving end of those penalties get frustrated and... Um, yeah, it can snowball away. Like yeah. And Hooper's not exactly the right person to speak to the referee, is he? He doesn't have a good manner. There, There is that, but I mean, was uh, Will Genia the wrong person to talk to the referee when it happened to the Rebels? Yes, that, yeah, he was quite so, forceful, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, so I, I, I mean, it's it's not just a Hooper thing, um, given given that it's happened before. And, yeah. Anyway, we wish him all the best. And, yes. You know, referees. You know, they're so integral to the game that you know, if we could just well, get rid of them. <laughs> the World Cup referees. Yeah. So Tom. Um, well, we Cup. can talk about that for a little while if you like. But um, the World Briefly, Cup. Briefly, referees. They're players more important. Whistle signal talk. That's the. Uh, I'm doing the talking. Um, World Cup panel has been announced, uh, and the good news for Australia is there's two uh, very good referees in Angus Gardner, who has been the um, highest ranked referee to come out in Australia for the last several years, uh, and a bolter from from out of the blue is Nick Berry. Good on you, Nick, who oh, uh, is, is not only uh, going to the World Cup, he's going as a, a, a referee. Uh, yes, at Queensland, uh, former halfback. Um, the Reds, yeah. And uh, he's just doing a fantastic job, and all credit to him for um, for being recognised at an international level. Mm. So um, uh, the other interesting thing is in the referees, there are four Frenchmen. They probably do that because they don't believe France has got any chance of making the finals. So. <laughs> but um, if we know anything about the French. <laughs> two, two I know well, or we would all know well, is Ramon Poit. And Jerome Garcia's and Pasquale Gazier's, I'm not sure, he's Basque. Um, so the French have really created for, for the first time since the World Cup started, there are no referees for uh, Ireland. Really? They, they do have one as a touch judge or an assistant referee. Uh, and none from Scotland, Ireland. New Zealand was an interesting case. We've got. Um, well, Paul um, Williams, who's been on the show before. Paul Williams, mm. who has been on the Congratulations, show. Congratulations, Paul. Well done, Paul. And um, he's got a Guernsey for the referees um, in the World Cup. Good on him. And it's um, Ben O'Keefe, I think, is doing the other one. Uh, New Zealand has also got a, a TMO in... Um, ben Skeen. Ben Skeen, of course. Ben from Auckland Grammar. Good on you, Ben. And they will all do a fantastic job. So we're really happy about that. 
uh, the usual favourites. Um, Nigel Owen, of course, is the ranked probably number one, followed closely by Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Barnes. Uh, there's another Englishman here who I don't know. Um, yes, we do. Matt. Um, Matt Carley. And Bolly from Argentina. Good on you, Bolly. He's in the um, assistant referee's role. Uh, there's a Japanese assistant referee as well. This is, um, getting, this is getting more like a personalised shout-out to the referees. So, <laughs> go check it out for yourselves, but um, I think they'll be a very good bunch and uh, there's a great mix of um, youth and experience amongst all of that. So I think it will go... I'm, I'm very, very pleased with the outcome. Oh, good to hear. Um, but, yeah, surprising that France got so many and... Um, Ireland, Ireland didn't get any. Hmm. Oh, well, swings and roundabouts, I guess. Um, well, uh so we're halfway through the show, and so now is probably as good a time as any. Should we talk about Israel Folau? Has he done anything lately? What's going on? Well, I think um, this last week that uh, the committee that um, at the hearing released a verdict to say that he committed a highly a high level breach, high level breach of the conduct. Mm. So and now awaits. What what uh, what what's going to happen? What? And then he has seventy two hours to uh, to yeah. appeal. So we're uh, we're recording this on um, Wednesday night. Apparently, either tonight or tomorrow, the ARU sorry the RA should are uh, going to come out and formally sack him, and then he can obviously appeal through various legal channels. And if he wants to, I'm sure he can drag this out for another ten years. Mm. But. Um, I think uh, apparently it's important that all three of the representatives there was a there was on the panel that decided deemed it to be a high level breach. Apparently, uh, there was a, a Queen's Council and a Senior Council and a Players Representative, and apparently they all three came together and were like, "No, nope, he's done the wrong thing." Apparently, that means something. Apparently, if only two of them had deemed it a high level breach, they, he could have been sacked. Mm. I don't know. These are just things I read on, mm. on online and in the papers. Uh, it's very, very sad, I think, because I, I, good on him for airing his views and doing what he thought he should do, but uh, he was, if he did it under his own back, fine. If he has been guided that way by his colleague or his broader community, I don't know, but um, um, he's been poorly advised. It's a great shame, as he is a great talent, and... Um, but, uh, you know, in this day and age, you've got to be aware of where your... Um, well, social media today... Where your comments can lead you. And, um, is uh, social media today can uh, bring down a lot of people, can Yes. <laughs> There's also an election going on, believe it or not. Um, we, yeah. we might talk more about the uh, election and funding for rugby. <laughs> yes, for the yeah. So in good news um, to all our many listeners, uh, hopefully located in marginal seats. No, just kidding. It doesn't matter anymore. Both the Labor and Liberal parties have come out and said that as a bipartisan issue, they will both fund the redevelopment of Ballymore. Now, being the spiritual home of um, Queensland rugby, this is obviously great news for all mm. Queensland rugby fans. Um, a bit about it, they're talking about uh, they're going to demolish the existing stadiums, um, rebuild a new small stadium on one side and have hills around the other three. Um, it will reduce the capacity to 12,000 from, oh, I don't know how many people can fit on the hill. Yeah, about 23 yeah. at the moment. Well, that's, that was the capacity, um, yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, so the latest reports say that Rugby Australia are going to put in five million, five million, and the Australian government, whoever gets in, will put in fifteen, and yeah, that'll be re- um, redeveloped. It seems a good decision to me. Um, I feel so. Um, I don't know whether people are aware, but Ballymore is the only true rugby ground in Australia, mm. and has been there since the late sixties. So the the um, what what makes a ground truly rugby? Well, the, you you go to Sydney, you you play at a ground that you know there's cricket, there's um, what soccer, to there's or concords. Is, is it, it used at all? Not at all for for rugby. No, I think it, I think Parramatta are one of the mm. league players. So now Parramatta have got their own stadium now. Now Melbourne has soccer and league and that. So this is the true rugby ground. And regardless of how true or not it is, that statement is, because I'm pretty sure I've actually played soccer on it before, but that's okay. <laughs> I was about six, but it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, it, it certainly is the very much the spiritual home of rugby in Queensland. And it was, it was starting to be the albatross. Or, oh, first time on the podcast, Tom. <laughs> that's not me, I have to. Julie? <laughs> Um, we'll cut that Hello. Uh, the yeah, the the. Let's just pause here. For a no, keep, keep it rolling. I've got keep it rolling. Okay. Keep it keep it rolling. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Andrew, um, uh, Ballymore, yes, the, the uh, heartland of um, Queensland rugby, at least, where you know you get a good steak and a good rum and coke once, and yeah. it's all gone by the wayside. So it's wonderful to see it being re- redeveloped. What I'd like to know is what's happening to the existing ground members. Yes. Where is my seat now? <laughs> <laughs> Where will I be moving to? Oh, so, uh, but anyway, look, I, I think it's a great thing for um, for Queensland Rugby and it's been a long while. Queensland Rugby has been angling for this for quite a while. Yes. And uh, in the Howard government years, they got a commitment to uh, redevelop and of course Howard didn't, uh, didn't uh, come to fruition. Yeah. But, uh, well, so it'd be interesting to say, now I'm just, uh, it's also the, it's going to be the home of women's rugby, is that correct? Yes, that's true. Um, Which and, they deserve. And also, and also of, um, I was reading of um, Asian and Pacific rugby, yes. I'm not quite sure what that I means. I think they want to use it sort of almost like a training facility for them to come in and exactly, have some coaching. Yeah. And I mean, Fiji and Drua, um, the, the team in the NRC, I presume they'll be playing again this year. So they yeah. maybe they'll play more of their games mm. out That'll of there. That'll become their home. Um, obviously, there being a large um, Pacific Islander uh, population in Australia, that I'm not. How many games did they play in Fiji last season? Do you recall? Two or three. Two or I'll three. Be, so the yeah. mo- were the rest at Ballymore, basically. Oh, they they, they played around. all around at the oh, at, yeah, the, at the grounds. Bitter wanderers, yeah. yeah. Well, so maybe they'll maybe they'll they yeah. will make that it more into a, yeah. a home ground for them. So um, um, it, it's, I assume they're going to have uh, you know fully equipped training facilities, mm, gyms, yeah. first yeah. aid, uh, medical, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so if they if they're smart about it, they will make it a um, a profit making venue I'm sure in, they in will. its own right. Because um, it's costing them one and a half million per annum mm. just to maintain it. Yeah, well, as it is, I think yeah. it's um, condemned, isn't it? The stand. <laughs> well, that's the ghosts of Ballymore past. Talking about the women, the women played the sevens on the weekend. Now against New Zealand in the final, an exciting final, twenty-one seventeen with ten seconds to go. Kick off by the Australian girls, and the ball. 
by one of the Australian girls, she knocked it back and the referee awarded New Zealand the penalty, oh, a knock-on from there. Knock oh. And even the commentator said, oh, she got that wrong. So, very disappointing, but I saw the girls interviewed and they just sort of get on with it. They don't sort of worry about it. But it was a very, very good final. No, that's good. The Australian women's um, sevens, well, uh, well, they've automatically, the and, they're yeah. in the Olympics now. They've, they've yeah, they qualified for the Olympics. No, it's, um, it's good news that it's always good to see women's rugby going well. Yes. And, yeah. And we've got a big game this weekend. Do we? Who are we playing? <laughs> um, for those at home, we're playing the Waratahs in, they said one of the oldest derbies in, yes. in the world. Surely it's 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 got to be up there. Maybe Maybe in the Southern Hemisphere, I don't know, but... Pretty old. But didn't they have um, something recently? A hundred years or something? hundred years of rivalry? You know, mm, might have been. I don't know. What, what will happen? Well, I'm predicting the Reds. So it's an mm. unsurprising call from Julie there. Um, <laughs> well, Tom. you know, I don't like the Tars. <laughs> Look, my heart will always go with Queens. I think they'll find it very hard. Um, New South Wales got a point to prove. Well, they're coming back from South Africa, yeah. and that's that's tough. That is tough. That's always yeah. tough. Yeah, and and they only had to come back from Melbourne, and I think that uh, they're starting to put a few good games together. The thing was the other night is Hegarty kicked a penalty at the end, which gave them a point. Unlike Foley, mm. who lost a game for them and then had a penalty right in front of his try or conversion and missed it, so missed a point. That point might make a difference. Yeah, it could could be the difference at the end. So at the moment, how's the table looking? We've got the well, I think it's the Brumbies, the Brumbies, the Rebels, the Reds, the Waratahs, the Sunwolves. Yeah, and the, Brum the Brumbies and the Rebels are on twenty nine and twenty eight, yeah. and then yeah. twenty four and twenty three. So it's mm. really very close. It's really make or break time in the season. Um, yeah, the whichever team doesn't win, and I'll, I'd say even a draw would put them both out. Um, if the Reds or the Waratahs want to make the finals, they really need to win this weekend. So, that well, both teams will be wanting it. <laughs> so because I think start. the Reds have got a pretty, uh, the next few games, they've got some New Zealand sides to play, haven't they? Yeah, I was looking through it. There's all, because of the conference nature of it, uh, The it's not an easy run through for any of the teams. Um, yeah. And given this year with the closeness of the competition, now all the teams are beating mm. everyone else every yeah. so often. Yeah. We, we forget that the Waratahs earlier this season um, beat the Crusaders yes. pretty handily. But that was a week there after. Were, it was a week after the unpleasantness. Mm. Um, but yeah, so still. I, I think that, you know, we were talking about Izzy earlier, and uh, that would be unsettling for the Waratahs. Uh, would, they would be... Um, They're professionals. They are indeed. Oh, uh, Michael Checker, interestingly, his only statement he's made about it that I'm aware of is he said that rugby is for everybody. And good on you, Michael Checker, for making that statement. So I think that um, condenses what it's all about. And a lot of the other players. So, um, come whether, whether the Waratahs can raise themselves rise themselves above that? Well, it's interesting. It's at Suncorp this weekend, so I think it'll be a, a good crowd. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hope, hoping to get down to the game. Um, it is election day, isn't it? It is well. also yes. election day. Yes. Remember to vote. Um, 
it, it is illegal not to. I, I don't know why I have to add that. <laughs> but uh, yes, so I, I don't know. I do, will will the, the rugby-loving public of Suncorp, will they stay home and watch the election results file in or oh. will they make it to the rugby? Oh, I think that um, if you want to be entertained, come and watch the rugby. Yes, yes. It, um, it should be good. I mean, so the, the Queensland forward pack's been doing sort of well. We've, we haven't really had the flashiness in the backs, I felt. Um, and the New South Welsh, the, the New South Wales team, they've sort of been the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you think? It, like, it should be dry, which would help the New South Wales backs, you would think. But We've got pretty good backs as well. Yeah, yeah. but they haven't been using them as, as much, I don't think. Well, when you say this, like the scrum has been, you know, very good for, for the Reds, but they had a scrum right on their try line, and I'm going, all right, this is it, they're going to score here. But the Rebels got a penalty out of it which you know that's the rebels aren't that strong in scrummage mm. um but you know i think for me isaac rodder is the the backbone of that uh, forward pack yeah, almost literally he's a big lad isn't he mm. Mm. and there was a new young second rower that um played and he did all right life i think his surname is so um yeah look there is some good backs i'm not um I'm not sold on Stuart, but he might not be there this week, is not you? Well, well, I will have to say on a, on a sort of season by season basis, I think he, I'm giving Brad Thorne a pass mark on this season. I mean, the the improvement from last season to this season, um, we've already won more ga- We already won more games about six weeks in, didn't we? Um, team seems to be building nicely. A lot of young, a lot of young players that. You sort of get the feeling that oh maybe in a couple of years we'll look back on it and be like oh geez yeah we did have a good team and it's got that real two thousand and eight sort of feel yeah of, yeah or, yeah just before the just the before last that month. who's who's the new backs or the backs coach this year Jim Mackay who yeah, he's had a big impact he has he was he was the backs coach with Ewan and then went with Ewan to the Wallabies and I just I just like him I just think he's the one that when you consider what he went through with. Uh, when Ewan was there, you think of the young kids, Digby, well, Genia, Quaid, Taps, the Fainga, mm. um, Lucas, and uh, who was the other one? Digby. Digby yeah. on the wing. You think, um, and all of those guys played the Wallabies after that, after yeah. the win. So, no, I, I, I really think he's making a difference. Yeah, I, I think that's good. Yeah, well, we obviously uh, wish them all the best. Um, anyway, I think that's about time. Do you have any final thoughts you would like to add? I think it's been a big big uh, fortnight month for rugby in all sorts of ways. Some good, some not so good. Um, we're starting to uh, win a few games here and there. So, um, And uh, I just like the trip to Melbourne, really. <laughs> So still, got, still got my beanie, my Rebels beanie on. Yeah. They sold out of beanies. They sold out. Yeah. Eight degrees. It was very cold. <laughs> I well, like I, I just think that uh, for me, the young uh, under 20s really sort of took Israel off the, off the page. Mm-hmm. And these young kids, mm-hmm. I think, you know, they should be applauded for. Yeah, it's a great any win against the All, all yeah. Blacks, and that was a good <laughs> that was a good story. I mean, Munster still talk about their win against the All yes, Blacks. And, yes, yes. You know. I don't like to highlight it, but um, we were talking women's rugby uh, earlier, and uh, one of the club games in Brisbane was found the visiting team Ipswich beaten by 125 to nil. Now, I just want to send out to Ipswich and say, come on, 
Ipswich, the green and the white, been a force in all sorts of football over the years. Get behind your women's team, get them competitive and grow the game. It's a long drive to Ipswich, you know, especially when we've belted 125 to nil. But um, Well, that's the other thing I will say at the end is go and watch Club Rugby this weekend. There's been some great games. The Brisbane comp is uh, it's wide open. very, very close. Brothers are undefeated, I think. Yes, right? West had a win against Bond Uni, 40 to 27. Oh. Yeah, so considering that brothers were the... Wooden spooners last year. Yes, yes, they're doing very, very well. Yeah, what's uh, yeah. So, yes, go and watch some club, club yep. rugby. Everyone get down to club rugby, get your democracy sausage. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, final thought from me uh, if Israel Flower wants more money, he should definitely get World Rugby to pay for it because their World Rugby League idea was terrible. And guess what? No one's spoken about it for a month. But we will on next episode. So, join us next week for What the Ruck. See you, Andrew. Bye. Thanks, Andrew. Someone to come into my life Never thought, never dreamed, never knew